Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 320, and welcome to my front porch. I hope you all are doing wonderful in this brand new year. Uh, This time of year is always, I I really enjoy it. And a part of it is, and I think I talked about this last episode, but it's just this idea that there seems to be a sense of focus, uh, one, uh, personal focus, but then around other people, people tend to get a little bit focused. So it's kind of funny watching people, you know, I, I go to the gym and it's like now the gym where before there was nobody in there. All of a sudden, there's a bunch of people in there, um, and it's funny. But I'm like, I think what really, what I really love about this is people are giving it a go. Like they're trying, you know, they're trying to uh, live out some of these things that they want to change, some of these values. I actually, I mean, this is crazy, but I thought, you know what, I'm gonna go without caffeine for a while. And uh, mainly because I wanted to see what would happen to me. I, I, I think I have drank, I don't know, a pot, a pot and a half of coffee for 20 plus five years, maybe 20 plus years uh, of my life. I've, I drink a lot of coffee um, and people go, oh, you know, that's why you're so crazy. No, no, no. You don't understand. Like it chills me out. Like you don't want to see me uh, <laughs> without coffee, mainly because I'll just be like nonstop. Coffee actually kind of calms me down a little bit. So I thought, you know what? I, I in this kind of season uh, of life, I, I just maybe I just want to see what happens. So, I uh, I went off for about a week, nothing, no 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 real change. I was a little tired to be honest, uh, which was interesting for me because normally it works the opposite for me. I get a little more wound up, but I was like, huh, I think maybe. I'm changing a bit and you know the older you get stuff changes so I thought that's really interesting so anyway uh, back on coffee everything seems to be fine I didn't see real any improvement or anything like that my wife gets laughs she's like you're unreal like who drinks that amount of coffee for that long goes off at cold turkey no headaches no nothing no crankiness just nothing. So I'm like, I'm good. I went back. I have coffee now. It's great. So anyway, I'm sure you've got a bunch of those uh, little things that you're doing. And uh, and I think they're good. I think they're good to try to see what's up and what's new and what could work. And I, I think that's why I kind of like the the new year and especially January. It feels a little bit fresh. So uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thanks for all of you uh, who continue to support financially. It's a big deal. It really, really is. And so it allows me to be able to cover the cost to go do that. So if you'd like to do that, and I really do appreciate those who give, uh, you can go to frontporchconfessional.com. There's a little button there. Uh, that that you can hit that just allows you to partner with the podcast, partner with me, and and, and it means a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for those of you who do that. Uh, one last other thing I would like to say, like if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I'd appreciate it. I'm doing about a podcast a week, and a part of that is just needing uh, to to not overwhelm myself. I was doing three a week. That was just a little bit too much. And now I'm like, there's 320 podcasts. <laughs> I don't think there's very few people who are keeping up with me three days a week. Um, but yeah, so a part of that is uh, it just helps you kind of know when the podcast comes out, uh, which is, you I mean, it's outside. So when the weather's nice or, or whatever, uh, usually I'll, I'll post one up. So uh, if you hit subscribe, that'd be great. Um, all right. Our passage for today is 1 Corinthians 1 
21, it says this, For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. I'll read that again. You're like, wow, that's a mouthful. I'll read it again. 1 Corinthians 1.21, For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God, though, or, or sorry, pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Uh, so we've had this deal with each of the kids where, you know, we have a car, it's a family car, and then eventually, you know, it was my car, and then eventually they get to drive it. So uh, Cooper... Uh, got a Prius. Uh, we got a 2008 Prius a couple of years ago. Got a really good deal on it. It had like, you know, I don't know, 120,000 miles on it and got a pretty good price on it. So I had to drive to Tucson to go get it. So we get this Prius and it's literally the least cool car you could ever imagine. And in fact, half the paint's gone. That's part of the reason why we got a good price on it. And so uh, Cooper drives this around his high school career, and then he heads off to his gap year program, which is in Northern California. Well, we start finding out all this stuff. Like, for instance, the car uh, was having really, like, it kept having all these sensors that was locking down, so we took it to the mechanic, and the mechanic's like, I have to... I have to literally rebuild the whole back end of this car. And like, what's going on? Like, what's happening? He's like, I mean, to be honest, it looks like somebody's been drifting in this car. And we're like, no way. Well, come to find out, our sweet son uh, was drifting in a Toyota Prius. And not only drifting, right, but he was putting cookie sheets. This is a real thing. Underneath the back tires and, and drifting with them. So $1,600 later, I'm like, no more drifting. And first off, do you know how ridiculous you look drifting a Toyota Prius? You know, and, and this is like, kind of like what Paul's getting at, right? What we perceive as wise, as we perceive as wise, we're missing. We missed, we missed Jesus. Like they missed Jesus. There's this moment, and I, I talk about it often because it actually is, really profound for me and it, it's made a huge difference in, in, uh, in this uh, kind of inner interior life uh, as I kind of focus in on this moment but it's the moment at which Jesus is overlooking Jerusalem and it's after Palm Sunday and he's weeping he's crying and I think I've told you before I'm not I'm not really sure what to do with a crying God <laughs> you know but Jesus in his Humanity and his, even in his divinity, just broken over the rebellion. The, 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 he, I mean, he, he weeps over Jerusalem because they missed it. Like he missed the fact that he's the Messiah. I mean, they're celebrating him on Palm Sunday, but not because he's going to die for the sins of the world, but because they think that he's going to resurrect them as the Jews and, and make them a world power again and overthrow the Romans and be strong and powerful and he's going to lay down his life. And he's like grieving over it. He grieves that they kill the prophets. And what this is, what is happening in this moment is a bit of what Paul's referring to. You think we have it all figured out. We think we do. We think we know who Jesus is. Or we think we know what Jesus should do. We think we know what God should do. We think we believe we know how he should behave. And if we're honest... We would love to just kind of micromanage that a bit. To 
kind of get the outcomes we want. It's why, for so many of us, we're so discouraged when stuff doesn't go the way we want it to go. And what do we do first? Many of us. We look to God and go, why God? Why? Why didn't this work out? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you answer this prayer? Why didn't you give me a husband? Why didn't you get, why did you allow the, the stock market to crash? Why is my home value going down? Why did that president get elected? Why didn't my politician get elected? Like, you just name it. You can just run down the road. And what we're saying is there's a human wisdom that I want to apply to the way that God does things. And if I'm honest, it's been pretty disappointing. That's the way we say it. <laughs> and Paul's so great with his language here. He's like, yeah, 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 that's, that's the point. You thought you were smart, and you missed it. In fact, if you continue on in 1 Corinthians, he says this is foolishness. Foolishness to the Greeks. Jews didn't get it. Greeks don't get it. We preach Christ crucified. We preach the gospel. And the gospel makes no sense. Grace makes no sense. To a world, to a culture, to a people that are rooted in vengeance, who are rooted in no justice in the way that they want to define it, and how they use and manipulate love to, to, to have it just be something that just completely benefits them. You know, that's the interesting thing with love. I love you. But underneath that, it's like, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking for a kickback here. And, 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 and Jesus is like, let me show you what love is. We did a podcast on this passage, 1 John 3, 16. It lays down its life. That's what love does. That looks foolish to the world. Why would a God die for its creation? Why? It's foolishness. And Paul's like, I know. And it's why there's a whole group of people over here that are understanding this gospel because they're not thinking the way the world is thinking. They're thinking childlike. They're thinking faith and dependency. And as a result of that, they receive this. And it takes a root in their heart because it doesn't fit in human logic. It literally takes faith. And by the way, it takes faith to believe it, and it takes faith to not believe it. It takes faith to believe in human intuition. It takes faith, and it takes faith to believe in divine wisdom and glory. And what Paul's going is, they just put all their chips in the wrong bucket. But the ones who put their lives, their, their, their lives, their, their whole lives, their whole hearts, their whole minds, their, all their strength, there's the, they're the ones that see Jesus. You know, I, I love in Matthew where t- you know that passage where it goes like about, about come to me all of you who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Love that passage. People love it. Put it on a coffee mug, tattoo it up, whatever you want to do. Put it a bumper bumper sticker. We love that stuff. Until we just kind of back up a little earlier in the passage. He goes and he says this. This is so good. Thank you that you did not reveal this to the wise, but to the childlike. Love that. You can't understand. The ways of God, if you think you're God, if you think you know better than God, you'll never truly understand the simple gift of grace and mercy. You never will. You constantly be fighting against it. I feel like, you know, to be honest, like it is a struggle of mine. You know, grace for me, like if there was a, 
if, if there there is a religious system and they're all out there, they're out there and do this, do this and you get this. Right. I love that, man. I would, I, that I'm like, I will, I will crush. There's multiples of them. And, but Jesus is like, no, it's not how grace works. I give it freely, not because of anything you've done. It's, it's a free gift. Receive it, live in light of it. That should change you. And the reason why I struggle with this, and I think why so many of us struggle with it, is because it works opposite to how we're wired. We love to earn things. We love to take things. I, I, did, I led our church in communion about a month ago, and I said, isn't it interesting that when we that when we talk about communion, we talk about taking it. And I said, no, we receive this good news. We receive this grace. We receive the sacrifice. But we are wired for taking. And Paul's like, it's why you're, a lot of you aren't getting it. But there's a group of people who have a childlike faith who are receiving the good news of Jesus Christ and finding their wholeness and fullness in him. And I wonder for you, if you are looking to the ways of the world to try to rationalize everything that God does, you won't get it. You won't understand. And he's not asking you to be spiritually lazy. He's not asking you to go like, well, God's got it all figured out. It's fine. Just put my hands in the room. I don't need to read any books. Mama, me, me, me. And just kind of close your eyes and kind of wander through the world. He's not asking for you to do that. He's not. He's not. He's like, dig in learn grow but at the end of the day remember you're not god you're not god and i trust and i believe in what you say is true and that is very childish in a good way that is biblical strength in a good way it's really really important that we understand what paul is talking about because being a fool to the world means i'm wise in the lord i mean think about that being a fool to the world means I'm wise in the Lord. And I want to encourage and challenge you in that. And so the question is this, are, are you trying to be wise in the world's eyes? Are you trying to be wise in the world's eyes as a way of trying to achieve or get something from God or accomplish something? Are you simply submitting yourself to the one who's strong? Simply Laying down your life so you can receive his free gift, his life, his life eternal. Father God, one, thank you for Paul. Thank you for Pastor Paul teaching us today. Oh my goodness, so important. Convict our hearts. Remind us that you are our focus. You are our hope. You are our wisdom. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers.